0: Now the drugs don't work They just make you worse But I know I'll see your
1: face
0: again Now the trucks don't work
1: What's going on? Tucker and Mora along I with
0: Chris I'll Bundes, the professor again. With another podcast That's the verb, The Drugs Don't Work But I know I'm on the and, uh Reason why we're playing this is uh, we were talking earlier on our radio show about people who would be willing to pay to forget 2020. <laughs>
2: To have it erased from your mind. Yeah. yeah.
0: I, I'd be more likely, uh, as I said at the moment, was uh, to pay to fast forward to the summer just to get through the next few months. Like, yeah. I'm now done with the pandemic. I know a lot of people have been done with it for a long time, but I just like want it to be over. I want all the vaccines to be available. Oh, my God. All that. I know. I know. Um, I know. But uh, some people would be willing to pay thousands of dollars to forget 2020.
2: Yeah, to have it completely erased from their minds because, you know, for some people, 2020 has been more difficult than others. I mean, there's a great divide. Some people have lost their jobs. If you lost a family member, it's been really hard. You can't go to a funeral. You can't be together and support each other in that moment. And so we were talking about that on the show and Aaron sent us a text and he said he would pay thousands of dollars to have 2020 erased from his mind.
0: And he's uh, with us now on the podcast. So, Aaron, uh, tell us about your 2020 and why you want to pay to have it erased from your memory.
1: Um, it was rough. It started off rough. Um, I had a friend pass away pretty early on, and then it just got worse from there. I had, I had nine friends total um, pass away uh, because of addiction. Just I think plainly from being isolated and having to isolate. I think that's kind of what did it, but uh, pretty rough to go through.
2: Yeah, I mean, so you lost nine friends in 2020.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: All to overdose.
1: Yes,
0: yeah. And is that like just uh, an issue with all the fentanyl that's found its way in various drugs and people buying stuff and getting something that they didn't really expect to buy?
1: Um, it could be a little bit of that. I, I know of one friend that that probably happened to, um, especially when it gets into. I can talk about which. Detroit yeah, yeah. Specific, right, yeah. So I mean, especially when you get into things, things like cocaine. Uh, I think they've been mixing it into to kind of um, be yeah. more of a of an upper, you know. So it's like give it more of a kick.
2: Really. But
1: uh, yeah, but it's. Uh, I mean, that stuff's deadly. It's like. Even the smallest amount. I'm pretty lucky that... Uh, well, I you hear about people like who that. are
0: just, you know, not necessarily addicted to drugs, but pick up some cocaine to use recreationally with a group of friends, and then a bunch of them die because they don't have the naloxone kits, and they didn't realize that there was fentanyl in the cocaine. Is this and happening... they all essentially overdose because it's so much more concentrated, and you need so little of it... In order to take too much, is
2: this because yeah. is this a pandemic issue too? Like the cocaine isn't coming from where it would normally come from, so it's getting laced with with different stuff.
1: Um, I think, yeah. I mean, if if I'm to really get down into it, is like it, by the time it gets to Canada, it's been stepped on so many times. Yeah. So they if they just want to. I guess everybody wants the best product, right? So they uh, they they use it as like the fentanyl is definitely number one for killing and one point... Yeah, and it it was killing
0: lots of people before the pandemic hit. It's mm -hmm. just sort of like a drug that seems to be widely available that people are using as, like, a way to make more money. You know, it's cheap for them to get, and then they mix it in with the cocaine, so the cocaine is, like, super strong... Wow. ...and they need less cocaine in the mix in order to, you know... Yeah. ...make cash. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's... I know a few... A few others are definitely like with my friends were definitely the crack route, but even the crack route, like it, it you still get the same fentanyl stuff and now you're just smoking it. it, mm-hmm. it so is
0: that what would kill someone if they did too much crack? Part of my ignorance, I, I think of crack as being one of those things that's like cheap. It's a quick high, but from what I've seen, it wears off quickly. And I didn't realize people were overdosing on it.
1: Um, I mean, you could definitely smoke too much crack. I mean, that's that's for sure. Um, it's not like heroin, where any amount will really do it. But yeah, if you smoke too much, you you you're not going to have a good day. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you that.
0: And so you, the the people that you've lost were people that were feeling like an extra level of depression because of the being locked up. That it kind of drove them into uh, like the drug use yeah. was more frequent.
1: I, isolation is um, like. I would want to touch on reservation. I think a lot of people, a lot of addicts have these things called reservations. If the world goes to shit, I'll use drugs. If my parents die, I'll use drugs. It's always a failed solution, mm-hmm. but, uh, uh, you know, some addicts definitely have reservation. And, and one of those reservations is, is, if the world goes to shit, I'm going to use drugs. And this is kind of, goes around with that line. Oh. It's like, it's a big excuse to to it's it's the biggest excuse right now to go and use drugs, right? To just just be like you know what, screw it, I'm you know, gonna get high today. Makes sense. I'll give
0: you an analogy from a non-drug user, or for somebody yeah. like when I say non-drug users, I'm not talking about weed and stuff like mm. that. But uh, you know, a bunch of my friends were trying not to drink during the week. Yeah. Okay, Monday to Thursday. It's my buddy's birthday. Uh, yesterday, and I sent him a text. I'm like, guilt free drinks tonight. <laughs> like, it's, you know, it's almost like an excuse. An it's excuse. your birthday. Yeah. You can have a drink on a yeah. Wednesday night yeah. when normally you're trying not to. And I'm sure for drug users, like you said, it's it's just people it's give themselves permission based on the circumstances around them. Like, of course, I'm going to do drugs. It's a pandemic. What yeah. else am I going to do? Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 Birthdays, too, is another one. Birthdays was a huge one for me. I would definitely elevate elevate my drug use on my birthday that's for sure so are You're you still using sure. them no no i'm i'm 18 months clean
0: oh good for
2: you holy yes. So, and i mean yeah. seeing your friends deal with this i mean has that just like I, I mean you could go both ways you could either spiral out of control and start using again or it could make you think thank god i'm clean
1: well here you know what um this is from my experience um, this was a rough year to actually even just get clean, which is like it was weird, man. Like when I was using drugs everything was normal and then I got clean and the world goes to shit. Yeah <laughs> Yeah <laughs> Bad timing. Bad timing. <laughs> yeah. But, no. uh no it's um uh, where's it going with this? Uh you know, I have a really good sponsor, I have a really good fellowship. Um tradition one is, is all about unity and that's not even included in the steps. So there's twelve steps, there's twelve traditions and um you know, they're just as important as each other, right? So, I mean, tradition one, the Bur- I go to Burlington all the time for my fellowship. It, they're, it's all great people in there. So, it's the people that are, have been around me through all this, and they all know the same people who have passed away. And we actually all got together. We started more meetings because we thought to ourselves, well, we need to have meetings open. So, we were doing parking lot meetings. We were doing anything that we can right. to, to be able to meet up. And uh, luckily, nobody got a ticket, which was nice. And oh my amazing. god, yeah. I didn't even we think
2: are... about that. But like meetings for for support, like haven't been able to happen.
1: Have to go, have to go. Uh, otherwise, for some reason, I'll forget that I'm an addict and use drugs. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: Well, look, I, you know, I, a friend. Oh, uh, well, friend, someone close to me in my uh, family com- uh, attempted suicide last February and um they started receiving therapy and care in march but then all that shut down <gasps> you know oh my God. they had they had someone yep. coming by the house once a week checking in on them mm-hmm. but there were a lot of programs and you know you bring up one like aa that were put in a position where it's like, how do you run meetings in this new pandemic world where you have to also consider privacy issues? Because the whole thing with Alcoholics Anonymous is it's anonymous. Mm. And anonymous, if you do it on yeah. zoom or something, there's always a risk that somebody could, you know, if not record it, uh, they could, uh, yeah. people could like hack into your zoom conversation.
1: Yeah. Uh, M&A is a huge thing. Um, I don't really, obviously don't care about anonymity. Um, doesn't make a big deal to me only because I can't keep what I have unless I give it away. So, um, you know, it's not a big deal to me, but some people it is. Mm -hmm. It's like the parking lot meetings, that was the biggest issue is the amenity. But if I want a meeting, I'm just going to have to drop it. That's life on life's terms.
0: Yeah. Can you talk about You know, you say you've been clean for 18 months. What, what happened 18 months ago that brought you to that point where you're like enough is enough and, You know, people talk about hitting rock bottom and they need to hit the bottom before they can climb out. Was that your experience?
1: Everybody's bottom is basically when you just stop using drugs. You're at your bottom, you're at your width then. Um, I was doing, actually, you know what, it was um, uh, a next girlfriend. So before I even walked into NA, I had an ex-girlfriend because nobody ever checked my drug use before. Uh, and, and I didn't even think I was an addict cause I was just using it on the weekends, but I was using a lot. And, uh, it was basically that my, my ex-girlfriend, she, she picked up a lamp and she threw it at me and she called me an addict. It didn't hit me, but the message hit me. And it was more or less like, no, I'm not an addict. So then I stopped, tried to stop on my own. I couldn't do it. And I was doing a carpet call at 4am to my phone to re-up and, and get more drugs and i kind of stopped myself and was like this is this has got to stop mm-hmm. like, this is enough is enough how I much money, money were
2: you spending on the weekends
1: i was doing um one to two balls of cocaine over a span of about four days so that's maybe 400 and four or five hundred bucks jesus on a weekend
0: that's a lot of money yeah two thousand a yeah. month how much yeah. money were you bringing in or is that too personal a question To know, like, what percentage of your earnings was going to the coke?
1: One one of the big things is is that uh, I would spend other people's money. uh, Because, I mean, I also uh, had a a small addiction to strippers. So it was, like, hand-in-hand, cocaine and strippers. It was, like, that was my weekend. I bet you um, the
2: strippers were costing you even more than the cocaine.
1: Actually, oddly, you'd think that. But I had a friend who was dating a stripper, so she just bring the girls back.
0: (laughs) And as long as you had some cocaine on the table, they were happy to hang out.
1: Yeah. I I honestly really didn't care. I say that I have a stripper addiction because it, because I was around so many strippers, it put a backwards, uh, a way of thinking of women in my head. Mm -hmm. So to me, that's what addiction is, right? I mean, we all have a backwards think way of thinking of drugs. So it's like, it's okay because this, or it's okay because of that. So it's like, I, when I first came into the rooms, I couldn't even talk to girls because I was like, I, I didn't want to disrespect them in any kind of way. I didn't want to treat them like a stripper, but that's all I, had, uh, that's all I, I knew how to do. So wow. I kind of was like, forget it. I can't, can't even talk to girls right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, luckily, I ended up, well, as I was coming out of my shell, maybe six months in, uh, I, I ended up meeting uh, my new girlfriend. And I actually, we've been together about a year now. And I think I'm gonna marry her. Yeah. Really? <laughs>
2: <laughs> think, oh my yeah. god! That's yeah. amazing.
1: So it's uh yeah, we're actually we're we're even gonna she's she's um what seven months pregnant now, so it's.
2: Oh my it's, god! Uh, yeah. Holy! Full turnaround. Full full turnaround. turnaround. You're gonna yeah. be a dad and everything. Yeah, yeah. Congratulations.
1: Thank you. It's it's uh quite the journey, but totally worth it. Totally worth it. Yeah, and what, yeah. what would you
0: say to anyone who is like a weekend warrior like you, but, you know, obviously pushing it to a level where it became too much, what what advice do you give people who say, ah, I just do coke on the weekends?
1: No, okay, well, how, how do I explain this? If you've questioned it, if you say, oh, it's okay, uh, i only do it on the weekends, you're probably an addict. If you're giving yourself excuses to use drugs, then you're probably an addict. uh, To to the people who who don't know, and I'm using air quotes when I say that, who don't know, I mean, deep down, I knew. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Right. If you're even asking
0: that question or, like, debating in your head, you probably have a problem. Right. Yeah,
1: yeah. Not to mention, if you're sitting at home alone with nobody around, and you're still using drugs, then you're definitely an addict. All right. Yeah, but what if Holy... it's just
0: like a little weed, and you want to <laughs> chill out? And... You know,
1: weed, okay. I've seen people addicted to weed, because uh, I'm a strong believer in it doesn't matter what it is, the behaviors that, uh, that make me an addict. So it's, it's, it doesn't matter really the drug. I mean, you can be physically addicted to a drug, which is like heroin, crack, uh, those kinds of drugs. You can be physically addicted, and they're harder to get off of. But at the same time, it's not what it is. It's definitely the, the behaviors and, it's, it, and the, the character defects that drugs bring out of me. Right. So that it, makes a lot of like, sense. If somebody is smoking weed, I mean, my sponsor is a weed addict. So he, he, he used to, um, and I know he wouldn't mind me sharing this, but he used to think that if I just go and buy a gram, then I'm only going to smoke a gram but he would go to his dealer three four times a day in his slippers <laughs> in the middle of the, in the middle of the winter walking there in his in his nightgown to get 1 gram of weed. right so, like, that's addictive behavior right yeah yeah you know it's like you just find i always say to you you know you you take an addict you take away his phone you take away his money and you put him in a spot where he doesn't know he's still going to find a way to use yeah it's it's uh I don't know. At the end of the day it's it's uh it's not, it never really matters what it is. They're just going to find a way and it's uh it's a little
0: sad. Okay, before we let you go, because we know you, you got to take off, but, like, you hear often that it's a day-by-day battle and that you don't That's ever right. look too far ahead. And I try and employ that when I don't want to drink during the week. Yeah. And maybe the fact that I even have to try not to drink during the week <laughs> is a sign that I'm drinking too much. But, like, you know, in my head, I try and employ that. and be like, tonight I'm not drinking. Mm-hmm. I'm not drinking tonight. And it works a lot easier than thinking, oh, I'm going to go five days straight without touching anything.
1: Oh, definitely. If I think of of using drugs never again, like if I'm to think like I'm never going to use drugs, it, like I get anxiety. I'm like, oh my God, Like can't imagine that. But just for today, just for today, I don't have to use drugs, and that's actually a much nicer feeling.
2: Wow! Yeah. Oh my God, I'm putting you down as Aaron, our what what do I call it? The drug expert.
0: <laughs> I don't think <laughs> anyone um, wants that title.
2: <laughs> Um, addiction I don't, I, I don't expert, know. addiction,
0: or experience with addiction. Yeah. I think everyone yeah. probably, as uh, Aaron would tell you, is that uh, they all have different experiences and different coping mechanisms and different triggers, so it's hard to put anyone in one particular category, right? Yeah,
1: but well, addict is a pretty good category, yeah, everyone.
0: Well, uh, I, look, we're really sorry for your loss to lose that many people through addiction in one year and in what is for a lot of people one of the toughest years of their life. That's got to be extra challenging, so. And, well,
1: there's a, lot of ex- there's a lot of things that make me feel better, too. I mean, I'm, who am I to deny an addict their suffering, right? So, and that's what it is. An addict using drugs is an addict suffering.
2: Right.
0: Hey, Aaron, really appreciate your uh, openness and yeah, uh, thank you. speaking candidly about your experience.
1: Hey, I love you guys' show. I appreciate you guys having me on to talk about this, because who knows who's listening.
0: Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, Bundys has shared information about his experience with addiction, and that's led to a lot of people reaching out to him and reaching out to the show, you know, with their own experiences. Mm-hmm. And and in some cases, I don't know, do you still communicate with uh, people over, you know, when we, when we first started talking about your opioid... Uh, History?
3: There was one guy that, that continued to, to message me. I haven't heard from him in a little while.
0: Yeah? Um, was he doing better? Like, was he using, like, some of the tools that you learned? And, uh, well,
3: yeah, he, he, like, he signed up for a program. He was he was taking Oxycontin as well. Um, and he oh. told me that he signed up for a program to try and get off of it. So, I, I'm, 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 I'm assuming the fact that I haven't heard anything is a good sign. I don't want to think the alternative. Mm.
2: You know? mm.
0: But it, it, it's interesting because it is a whole... Uh, learning curve on how to get off drugs like you think oh it's as simple as just uh, oh I'm gonna sign Quit. up for this program yeah. but Bunis was talking about when he tried to sign up for an outpatient program they're like okay great Keep using because uh, we can't catch you in for like six months. Was that what they
3: said? <laughs> yeah, like I, I, I had that feeling where I hit rock bottom and on that day I went into to a facility to get help because I was ready in that moment for it. Mm-hmm. And the only way I was going to get help was if I checked myself into a bed and stayed there not go to work, you know, have to tell everybody in my life that this is what I'm doing, mm-hmm. which I was not prepared to do. Yeah. I just wanted like someone to help me, someone to talk to me, someone to give me something, whatever it was to, and they couldn't do that for me. They said if in order to be an outpatient, I would have to wait three months and get an appointment at a different facility. Oh God. Yeah, before yeah. that could even, right. that process could even start. It literally, and I, and I asked him, I said, to him like, so what am I supposed to do in the meantime? And he literally told me, the doctor literally told me to continue using drugs. I was like, Oh, yeah. (laughs) It was the craziest thing I ever heard a doctor say. Well, as you
0: know, because you tried prior to that, trying to take yourself off drugs on your own uh, is kind of a nightmare.
3: It's a nightmare. It's doable, but it's a nightmare. The problem with that was that Everything in my life was associated with drugs From driving Mm. in a car To like meeting up with friends or what? Everything in life was associated with drugs So trying to do anything In my daily routine without that drug It felt like something was missing from my life It was was impossible to function
0: It's funny that I had that feeling with smoking But obviously, you know, the costs And things like that were nothing like What it's like to be addicted to Oxycontin But, you know, driving, talking on the phone uh, Coming out of a movie Like all these things in your life that you associate with smoking, and then when you quit, how it feels like you you, you get that urge every time yeah. one of those moments comes up. But then you realize, after a while, that stuff disappears, and you get back to normal life. But yeah,
3: it's it's forming new behavioral patterns. Yeah, right? and that's the hard part is, is like reprogramming
0: your brain. Yeah. Hey, Aaron, we'll let you go because we know you got to get back to work. Thanks so much for yeah, coming yeah, on I'm the my, podcast, my man. Guys
1: are starting to look at me.
2: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye, Aaron. Okay. Bye. Wow. So interesting. It's crazy though. That's a really good point because even with coffee, it becomes like a ritual in the morning. I like, you know, if I don't have my coffee, when Bundus comes in and I hear that elevator and he brings in the coffee, I'm like, oh my God, it's time. It's like relief. It's coming. Here it comes.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And it's interesting how many different paths there are to addiction. You know, like you have the path sort of what happened to abundance and what happens to a lot of people that end up on painkillers, which is you need them, like you're prescribed them. Mm-hmm. And then you start, you know, consuming them at greater quantities or your body needs more. or You start like abusing that. Yeah. And you realize how good it feels. And then you don't want that feeling to go away. And then you reach a point where you can't. Ever like let it go away. Otherwise, you're going to feel terrible, right?
3: Yeah, that was the hardest part with um, with that. Was like I had the willpower to want to stop, but like the physical ailment of how I would feel was unbearable yeah like i would wake up and i'd be like okay i'm not going to take any today and then i'd you know get to work and my back would start killing me my legs would start killing me i'd start getting hot flashes and cold flashes and like i could not function i could not do anything Mm -hmm. unless i would
2: take it you were going through withdrawal like it's too bad you couldn't have called in sick because my husband talks about going through withdrawal too he was addicted to opioids and he said it was three weeks in his bed and his parents were like just like coming in with soup and trying to like, it's like fever, uh, extreme, you know, nausea, so uncomfortable. That's what well, I when I tried to get off of it the first time I took 2 weeks off
3: work and I I had somebody drive me up to my parents cottage up oh, in, yeah. in Wasaga and I got them to drop me off because if I had my car with me I knew I would drive back to the city so I had no vehicle I was just stuck in a cottage by myself and I like I just laid on the floor and I literally pissed shit through up mm-hmm. like it was the worst experience ever and the moment Just I, in the floor? Just on the floor? Like you know, couch, you couldn't get floor, to a bathroom. Uh, I could get to a bathroom okay. at some points, but <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. you know, it was, it was just awful. And then the moment I got back to the city, the, the, the physical, um, need for it was gone, but the behavioral part was still there. Like, mm. as soon as I got into a car to drive, I was like, I don't know how to drive if I'm not fucked up. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know how to like do anything if Isn't I'm not that fucked so up.
0: Crazy? And is do you feel that feeling, um, that fucked up feeling? Is it like when you're drunk? Is it kind of a form of drunk driving? Or is, do you have the clarity and the reflexes in order to get to where you're going safely? I mean, I know you're never supposed to drive under no, the influence no, of anything. No. Not even like, you know, Sudafed. If it makes you drowsy, yeah. you can get busted for that if they find out you took it. Uh No, you're not... um
3: you're, it's not like it's not like being drunk with alcohol. Um, it's like I don't know if you've ever taken something like a like an anti-anxiety. I've taken a,
0: Ativan before. I've been high on Ativan so, before. You know uh, that, my vasectomy, and yeah. yeah, that feeling you get in your chest, that
3: butterfly feeling of like, oh right, mm-hmm. you, know, you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. It's like that. You get that feeling plus like this golden warm blanket that just rushes through your body. So you have this energy and yet you are super calm and relaxed it's very easy to talk and get personal about anything all of your sensations are heightened and dulled at the same time it's a very weird thing like smoking a cigarette was the best thing ever (laughs) everything's the best thing ever and like having sex feels so good but your senses are dulled at the same time so you can't you can't orgasm right away so i i mean i i remember i used to I had this relationship with a girl and we would literally fuck all night long. We would take pills, we would smoke cigarettes and fuck for like five to six hours because I couldn't come. Right. We would just fuck. And it it was like the most fun, but it was (laughs) disgusting at the same time.
2: You know? Yeah. Yeah. My husband, Matt, says he found that he was better at his job. I, 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 everything, everything <laughs> like was better. better but yeah.
0: do you, when, okay, so there's a period of time when you get off or you don't feel like you're better at your job and you lose all that, but does that stuff come back? Like, can you get that same feeling of accomplishment at your job now, sober, that you had when you were high? Or was it just an illusion that you're better at your job?
3: It was probably more of an illusion, but like what it was doing to me was making me feel so good and that everything I was doing was good and everything had more meaning in my head, at least. So like when I was writing an article, I was so into the article I was writing. When I was sitting there playing my guitar, I I felt the guitar more than I did when I wasn't high.
0: What a scary thing, right? Yeah, To it, feel like you're a better person high than yes. you are sober Like that is uh, yeah, like when the I would,
3: worst When I would talk to people I felt like I was listening to them more Like I was really looking in their eyes And wow. really engaging with what they were saying to me Like everything is heightened Everything is better I
0: and, know a guy who won't jerk off unless he smokes a joint before Because <laughs> he feels like it's way better <laughs> Gonna, Give me some you know, of that he's, weed. He he <laughs> smokes weed before he jerks off. Oh wow.
2: <laughs> Sometimes weed can do <laughs> well, that. You know, like, makes you feel sexy, makes you feel like more connected. He says his
0: orgasms are stronger and and that he's his pleasures heightened and everything is like I
2: think that's dangerous it, when you connect things like that. Yeah, well that's, that's
0: what you know we're talking about yeah. here. It's like when you connect all these things in your life and it being better when you're high through that process, mm-hmm. it's insane. But, you know, getting back to my initial point is like all these different paths to addiction and how they start. And, you know, for Bundus and for a lot of people who are on pills, it starts with an injury or recovery and that you prescribed them and then it just gets out of control. Aaron, it was like weekend partying with Coke. You know, you think, ah, it's just, you know, and I know people who have done Coke a few times mm-hmm. and can just Not do it ever again. Mm -hmm. And then there's other people that love it so much that they just start, you know, there's that line and they're right on it. And then eventually they fall off onto the wrong side.
2: Yeah. I've had friends who were doing cocaine by themselves. I think that is a big red flag if you're doing blow by yourself. And it's, but I mean, not, not, uh, that's a red flag that you're an addict, you know. I had friends who were doing cocaine before they go to work because they felt like it made them more social and better in meetings and.
3: Yeah, I, I had a friend um, who was l- like, uh, I, I don't want to say recluse, but he was definitely shy.
2: Yeah, socially awkward.
3: Yeah, it's totally socially awkward. And he got introduced to cocaine, and it was like he was a different person. All of mm. a sudden, he felt confident. He could talk to women. You yeah. Know, he, was a, he was a shooter, you know, at the bar buying drinks for everybody. And you get, you like who you become. Yeah. Because you don't like who you're not. Like You know you-
0: it would be crazy? What would be crazy is if all these people we're talking about are the same person. <laughs> the guy I know who smokes a before he jerks off is the same, the same guy, guy you know <laughs> who does coke before Before meetings, work. yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Okay, on the count of three, let's all say that person's name. Three, two, one. Dave. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to
2: say his name. He might listen to the podcast.
0: I'm just kidding. You know what scares me?
2: My brother just fell and broke his arm in like several places. Really yeah. bad, really bad break. And it's the kind of break where they've put it in a cast, but they're going to have to go in and snap it again yeah. to fix it. Yeah. So they've given my brother, uh, he posted a picture of it on his Instagram, a bunch of like morphine pills. And the scary thing is, is that my brother has uh, has been an alcoholic in the past. He doesn't drink anymore. He quit drinking. But I'm just, my husband said to me, he's like, oh, I don't, I, don't, I don't like that prescription. And I was like, oh, I think they only gave him one. And my Matt's like, no, they gave him 20. And that's enough.
0: That's Just enough, enough to and, like, but it's trigger like, that feeling that you know, Bundes is talking about, where you get back to yeah. that point where you're like, oh, this does feel so good. Yeah. You know who was a perfect example of, um, uh, God, who was it just recently? Well, there's Steven Tyler from Aerosmith. When he fell off the stage yep. and he got uh, painkillers for that, he relapsed. Did As he? a result, and there was somebody else I was just hearing about who relapsed, a celebrity, and it started with a new injury, and they were prescribed drugs for it, and they took them, and then it brought them right back to that like sweet spot where they were when they were high all the time.
2: From what my brother said, he had said to the doctor, I don't need any painkillers. I'm fine. Like, lo- you know, nature's my painkiller, music's my painkiller. And the doctor's like, Well, you know, you should take some if just in case it's a pretty serious break. But why? Why didn't they say, "Well, do you have uh, have you had h- issues in the past? Like, why doesn't that become a conversation if they're that addictive? Like,
3: why not something a little bit less, like like a Tylenol three? Yeah. yeah, instead of you know going straight to the to the morphine or the or the oxy. Like, mm-hmm. That's that stuff is so it's so good, it's so potent. It, like, it it takes away your pain so well, but you get this unbelievable feeling that it's 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 not what you want man like oh like it, like if you were in a hospital
0: bed sure you know you you you're, if
3: you're using anything
0: to make that experience more livable right or right. you know mm,
3: yeah
2: but uh, sure.
3: when when you get out you you don't want to have to rely like as soon as you're back home you don't want to have to rely on that kind of stuff
2: i saw when my dad was dying of cancer when they would give him the morphine and i was so thankful for a drug that strong in those moments mm-hmm. that's when you're like thank you i remember being like please let it kick in please let it kick in please now That's what that drug is for,
0: you know. Well, my wife, when she had emergency surgery and basically like uh, she had a strangulated uh, bowel, whatever it was, it was intense pain. But it was sort of a double edged sword because on one hand she was in so much pain. Then they'd give her the morphine and then it would reduce the pain. Uh, Never entirely, but then she'd start vomiting from the morphine because she gets sick on it. So on one hand, it was like she was so sick and in pain still. On the other hand, the pain was less intense than when she didn't have it. So it's like, what do you pick? A girl I used to work with um, who was my co-host on a show I did. Mm -hmm. She ended up having um, this massive like, God, I forget what it was if it was like a tumor non cancerous thing growing off her liver. She had to have this really invasive surgery. Mm-hmm. And the painkillers all made her so sick that it was either be in pain or less pain but vomiting constantly. Right. And they never found that perfect balance. Her body never got used to the painkillers. They were never never able to give her a cocktail that, you know, found the balance. Mm-hmm. And her recovery was a nightmare for like a three weeks to a month, you know, of this post surgery.
2: I just just, remember hearing
0: that experience and thinking, God, like, I hope if I ever need morphine for one of those purposes that it actually works on me. Do you have
2: to have, like, um, um, a uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, you, Bundus, you wouldn't get sick because you have so much of it in your system from past days that you're used to it now? A Uh, resistance? or
3: Well, I definitely built up a tolerance. Tolerance. But if I was to take it again, my tolerance would not be the same. Like I would have to start slow again.
0: Did it make you sick after your operation and your surgeries? Like when you were in that accident at Uh, first?
3: At first, I didn't get sick with like like a one, five milligram Percocet. No, but there, if I would take, you know, if the, if the pain was still there and I would take more to try and get rid of that pain, there could be a point where I would reach where I did get sick as I developed a tolerance to it. And I started getting, you know, out of hand with how many Percocets and, or Oxy pills I was taking. There were times where I was taking, like a regular Percocet has five milligrams in it. Mm-hmm. I would take sometimes 80 milligram pills. Wow. Holy. And I would take like two of them plus another 10 Percocets. I was taking a lot. Oh, God. And like, because yeah. I, I was trying to chase a high. And there were times when I would do that where I would get sick for sure. Like I would throw up. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. And then as soon as you throw up you're like oh, okay I feel better you eat a little something you're like oh there it is and now I'm know, I'm riding but like I was Oof. always I was always pushing myself to get that feeling of serenity again and that's what's dangerous about it cuz yeah. like you know when you're when you're having close to 200 milligrams of Oxycontin in your body that's like deathbed can- cancer like yes. patient kinds of levels of morphine like you, and I'm walking around and you're doing wa- <laughs> my job like you know f- flying
2: like that jeez yeah holy you got to get high naturally. Yeah, I know. Right? <laughs> I know.
3: That's, that's, that's the, the hard The natural part. high yeah. is
2: where it's at, guys. You lay down on your
0: side. This song, by the way, now the once again, drugs
2: don't work.
0: is the verb. The drugs don't work.
2: You I'm glad worse, we talk about this, I you know? know see Important again. conversations.
0: Do you now listen to this, this and you're like, what do you mean don't they don't work? work? They do work. They do work. They're just really bad you for you. Thanks for checking out the podcast. Our thanks to Aaron, who is very uh, open about his experiences, and we appreciate I'm on that. The and we'll talk to you cause soon. I passed down my old <laughs> and the view want a show. Just let me know when I.